Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM 89.3. A fairly busy Thursday for Singapore with two major macro releases. On one hand, we did get the advanced third quarter GDP figures that showed that Singapore's economy grew by about 6.5% on a year-on-year basis. But perhaps more surprising is the Monetary Authority of Singapore in their most recent policy statement decided to tighten policy due to inflationary pressures and trying to head those off at the pass. To help us uh, better understand what this all means, we're joined by Mr. Jeff Ung, who's a who's an FX strategist at HL Bank and also the second-ranked forecaster for the Singapore economy, according to Bloomberg. He's here to help us make sense of these uh, flash GDP numbers and the MAS's recent decision. Jeff, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome back to the show, sir. It's been a while. Hope you've been good. Good thing, JP. Thanks for having me. All right. So, Jeff, give us your impression about the flash GDP figures in the third quarter and how they stacked up against your estimates and what do you think stood out for the most part? I believe that the better-than-expected print uh, does reflect that the economy is uh, doing relatively well compared to a year ago because we also had the second quarter uh, GDP number revised upwards. So my forecast was similar in terms of uh, the, the growth from the uh, second quarter this year, but lower in terms of the uh, you know year-on-year terms compared to the third quarter last year. Overall, I think we observed that the year-on-year growth was broadly supported. I think more, more, most of the major uh, sectors, including manufacturing, construction and services, uh, were all growing and on a healthy rate compared to a year ago. And I think this is also supported by base effects because if you remember last year, we were just emerging from the circuit breaker. And uh, at the time, uh, was not vaccinated. Uh, the, the vaccines were not distributed at that stage. Uh, so, yeah, I think right now we are really in a better comp- uh, condition and position compared to a year ago. However, I think if you compare uh, the, the result to the second quarter, uh, there was a slight uh, you know, dampener in terms of uh, the, the fact that some, some sectors were adversely affected by, for instance, the, the COVID-19 curbs. And this included like construction, wholesale retail trade, transport and storage. So I think overall, they do uh, show us that uh, the economy is uh, on the right track in terms of uh, recovery, even though it's uh, still hitting some setbacks at the moment. Now, Jeff, we have seen in recent times signs of uh, consumer sentiment starting to weaken, perhaps related in part to the social restrictions to help contain COVID-19's recent spread in recent months. However, there are more signs of the economy starting to reopen up. The new vaccinated travel lanes, perhaps the biggest sign of this happening, just how big of a boost will this bring to Singapore's economic outlook and perhaps even a potential jolt to consumer sentiment? Sure. I, I believe that the return of uh, tourism and more economic activity levels over the next 12 months is, is going to be a positive sign. Even though I think there's going to be some uh, gradual easing in terms of uh, the, the lifting, you, you, you need some patience for the impact to be really felt because uh, you need some, all, all the ingredients to be added up and, and, and then multiplied. Overall, I think what we noticed was that, uh, like sectoral value add for some some sectors, which means that uh, the, the the levels are still very much below pandemic levels. So they are maybe about 10, 20 percent below pre-pandemic levels in 2019, and that means that you know just going back to those levels uh, in in 2019, uh, there's already a lot of potential for growth available. And uh, that's, uh, we also uh, also have to note that there's opportunities for pent-up demand. Uh, a lot of people are looking to, for example, travel or, or do things that they were not able to do over the past one, two years. 
So I, I think overall it does mean that GDP growth will be relatively buoyant in terms of uh, the overall growth numbers uh, of uh, maybe even above 3% uh, in, in 2022. And this will be above the, the long-term trend uh, that is uh, and the long-term potential growth rate for Singapore. But we do also have to take note of rising inflationary pressure, some of these supply chain bottlenecks. They've also hinted that maybe the issues in uh, China with regards to the energy crisis might mean that inputs for, say, the construction sector might also get impacted. How serious are these going to be as potential headwinds for the economy here? I think inflation uh, is definitely a key consideration uh, for, for today's monetary policy decision because even though, like what we mentioned, there's a lot of opportunities uh, for growth available, but I think this will likely come at the expenses of uh, high higher prices as well because uh, there's increased uh, sort of like demand for more checks uh, for, for COVID-19 to, to ensure that uh, you know we can resume normal activities without having to uh, be too disrupted. Uh, at the same time, I think uh, there's also sh- sh- uh, sort of like uh, supply chain bottlenecks and, and shortages. I think that's, that's causing uh, some, some, some worry at the moment. So when, when, whenever there's a bit of a shortage, I think prices uh, are usually pressured on the upside. So that means that uh, I think over the next one, two years, uh, for many items like tourism or, or or, or even for housing, I think we are we are, we are facing uh, all these potential delays that's, that's causing the the the, the uh, increase in inflationary pressures, and I think that that will continue to be a consideration for the Monetary Authority of Singapore uh, as they look to sustain you know all the the price expectations even as the economy recovers. That sets things up for us to talk about the MAS now, Jeff. And some say that it was the bigger surprise when the Monetary Authority of Singapore decided to tighten policy to help head off some of these inflationary pressures. Now, they did say that they raised slightly the slope of the Singapore dollar nominal effective exchange rate policy band while leaving the width in the midpoint of the band unchanged. Can you help us understand what exactly the Monetary Authority of Singapore is doing when they raise the slope of the Singapore dollar near policy band and how this actually helps combat inflation? Sure. So between March 2020 to today, uh, what we have had is that the MAS had a zero appreciation policy of the Singapore dollar. Mm-hmm. So it means that the, the, the Singapore dollar is uh, allowed to fluctuate within a certain level of strength against all the currencies in the world, especially those that uh, trade very intensely with Singapore and the, the major currencies, economies of the world. Uh, I, I, we believe that I think uh, the decision today is just to slightly increase uh, the appreciation of uh, this this uh, Singapore dollar policy band, which means that uh, in our estimation, I think uh, the, the policymakers want the Singapore dollar to appreciate against uh, the other currencies by about half a percent a year. And that's also allowing for maybe about a plus minus 2% of uh, uh, sort of variation. So you can be a bit stronger, you can be a bit weaker sometimes. But overall, it's a slow uh, strengthening of the Singapore dollar against all the currencies in, in, the, in the world. This stronger Singapore dollar, how does it help help mitigate some of these price pressures we're facing? And just to tag on to that, I mean, how is the MAS's recent move affecting your outlook now for the Singapore dollar as well? Theoretically, when the Singapore moves to such a, a policy stance, which is a gradual and modest appreciation of the Singapore dollar, it makes the price of exports for of, of Singapore more expensive and the price of imports cheaper. So when the inputs that's coming in uh, from the rest of the world is cheaper, I think it helps firstly in keeping our exports prices low because the inputs are lower. 
uh, in terms of the cost. And it also helps us because we import uh, most of our items like food and lots of discretionary items mm-hmm. uh, from around the world. So having a stronger dollar means that uh, these items' prices will not be as high as uh, compared to if they have a zero appreciation policy. Uh, in our view, I think it does support the, the, the Singapore dollar because overall, I think in, in many other economies and, and central banks, uh, like for example, the Bank of Japan, they're still looking to maintain their, their accommodative policy stance, which is support the, the economy as much as possible. With the Singapore economy recovering and with us tightening monetary policy, the Singapore dollar, for example, is expected to appreciate against currencies like uh, the Japanese yen or, or the euro dollar because, uh, sorry, the euro, uh, the euro because of the fact that uh, overall um, our policy stance is uh, more hawkish than the rest of the central banks. All right. And uh, just to recap the interview here, uh, Jeff, uh, you know, what might be the be the bigger risks Singapore's economy needs to watch out for in the fourth quarter? I mean, we've talked about rising energy costs, for instance, the pervasiveness of COVID-19 still. What are some of the bigger risks you're watching out for as we look at the final chunk of uh, 2021 for Singapore's economy? Yes, I think overall risks are going hand in hand with the opportunities because if the, the expected improvements uh, does not come in, uh, then this turn into the risk. I think for, uh, one, one thing to flag, for example, is that uh, ASEAN continues to, for example, uh, be at the bottom of Bloomberg's monthly uh, COVID resilience index, which means that uh, ASEAN, comparatively to any other major economies in the world, continues to struggle with the COVID-19 pandemic, which means that economic activity levels are, are depressed. And uh, life can't go back to, to normal, for, for instance, uh, with uh, some of our close neighbours. Uh, at the same time, I think there's a continued downside risk to, to reopening. I think we only need to uh, you know, recall what happened over the one to three months prior to today, that uh, we have had a few setbacks to, to reopening, uh, to, to returning to normal life. So there's still some downside risk in terms of delaying. I think overall, the, the outlook uh, over the next 12 months remain uh, of a, a bright outlook where uh, with uh, improved economic activity levels, I think that is uh, going to be helping the, the economy. But I think uh, there's a lot of uh, near-term supply chain bottlenecks uh, that's going to be inflationary in nature. Uh, for example, the, the energy prices are so, also pretty high. Uh, so I think that, that's, that continues to be one of the downside risks because when you have higher prices, you can also dampen demand. So uh, I think in, in, in overall, it means that, that uh, Singapore does not uh, face a clear path in, in the economic uh, recovery, but there's still plenty of challenges ahead. Jeff Ong, FX strategist at HL Bank. Thank you so much for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to help us recap Singapore's advanced third quarter GDP release and the MAS's recent policy statement. As always, Jeff, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to the next time you can join us on the show. Stay safe, sir, and we hope you have a good Thursday ahead. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.